This week, I'm going to introduce you to my lovely girlfriend, Andy El Hadif, while I introduce her to Lost in Space. Welcome to Sci-Fi. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury. I have a weird obsession with the 1998 Lost in Space movie. I love it so much. And I'm very excited to bring some of that love to you today. I'm also very excited to introduce to you my girlfriend, Andy Elhadif. This is her first time on the podcast. Andy's also going to be featured on my premium podcast this week. Uh, Before we talked about Lost in Space, we got into a pretty detailed conversation about how Andy sang the national anthem at a Major League Baseball game a few years ago. So that part of the conversation I have chopped out to put into the premium podcast this week. So if you want to hear that, head over to jessemercury.com or go to patreon.com slash sci-fi project. So this is a first for me, having a girlfriend on the show. I I haven't had a girlfriend for as long as I've been doing the podcast. I mean, I've dated a few people, but no one with an actual title on the relationship. So so yeah, this is a new and exciting thing for me to be able to share this part of my life with you and also to share this part of my life with her. Pretty cool. Uh, Hopefully fun for everyone involved. So let's dive into some Lost in Space. We're traveling back in time to a point at which Matt LeBlanc was a bankable movie star. Let's do it. We can't go around the sun, then we go straight through it, using your hyperdrive. Engage the hyperdrive without a gate. We could be thrown anywhere in the galaxy. Anywhere but here. On my mark. Three, two, one, initiate. So, yeah. welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Andy. So Andy Al Hadif is here. It, I yeah, I made it. Andy Al Hadif is here. <sighs> you're a you're a big time, you're a big time like singer star. <laughs> you're a musical uh, theater star. Tell us about yourself. Oh my god! Wow, I don't know. I was enjoying your version. I felt <laughs> like that was so fancy. Well, um, okay. Since I've known you, I've seen you. <laughs> Uh, I've seen several performances that you were involved in. You were in Diva Tech, which is this 90s <laughs> R&B cover band that plays at casinos. Yes. Yeah. And it was the hottest thing I've ever seen. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank um, you. It was really fun. You were the musical director for Jamie and the Giant Peach, which was a play put on <laughs> oh, by... Yes. Renowned. Uh, uh, Lake Washington, Lake Washington Girls Middle School. Girls Middle School. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I knew that. That was actually um, probably the thing I'm most excited about. Yeah. This team, what, what was your What was your role for that? Was so in the program, I was listed as a music director slash acting coach. Nice. Well, <laughs> um, the play was amazing. I was I really loved thank it. You. Yeah. Sarah and and Jane and Rachel came with me. Yeah. And then we went to uh, GameStop after, and I yeah, bought these I little these little plastic cupcakes that are like Captain Kirk and a Gorn. Yes. They're amazing. They are amazing. There's yeah. some serious hair going on. Frosting hair. Frosting hair. And let's see. <laughs> you want. also were in a play in Issaquah? Yes, at the Village Theater. The Village in Theater. A, in a new musical called Writing Kevin Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, which was really fun. And, and one uh, of the writers of that writes on Jimmy Kimmel, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, he's the writer for Jimmy Kimmel. So he wrote, helped to, uh, with the Oscars this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were in a play written by the guy who wrote the Oscars. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that. And now you're also my girlfriend, which is very <laughs> exciting. Your, your list of accomplishments is uh, continuing. I mean, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting my badge next week, actually. <laughs> I, it's coming in the mail. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's I'm, just a picture of me giving a thumbs up, like sewn into a star. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Man, you should make one of those. I'm gonna. Okay, great. I just can't wait. <laughs> so. Um, uh, yeah. I am your, I'm, a, I am totally your girlfriend. Yeah. That's high five. So funny. <laughs> so we've been dating since the beginning of january yes, um, yes we have and naturally it's come up a couple times that i wanted to watch sci-fi with you yeah and there's a couple things that i learned right. first of all was that sci-fi that you've seen you really loved but you've seen almost none mm-hmm. uh including star wars mm-hmm. you you saw the first star wars movie when you were a kid but you barely remember it and you've seen the force awakens and that's it yeah. You, so you have for like Star Wars, yeah. yeah for Star Wars. So you've yeah. seen almost none. Yeah. So it it occurred to me that it would be really fun for us to watch Star Wars together and then chronicle it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's going to happen. I'm so excited. Yeah. And then randomly last night we got stoned and watched Lost in Space. <laughs> so can I yeah. say that about you on the that we got stoned? Or you want me? To yeah. No, yeah. you can say that. Cool. We 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 were lost in space. We were last night. We got lost in space. <laughs> yeah. We watched the 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 remake one from like '99, '98 mm-hmm. with Matt LeBlanc with joey i kept saying like why is joey doing that yeah also to like just to preface this for any listeners i am probably like the last person you want to watch a movie with and i and i and here's why because the worst part is i have totally become my mother and i used to be so frustrated with her for doing this and now i do it when i watch a movie but (laughs) What happens is that I'll be watching a movie, and it doesn't matter what movie it is. I mean, sci-fi, definitely, I have more questions. I need to know what's going on a little more. It's, it's, a, it's a new language for me, is right. sort of how I framed it. But, um, but with pretty much any movie, and you've probably picked up on this, but I'm that person that you hate that's like, why is he, what's happening there? Like, why is he going in there? What, what, what did he just say? Well, what does that mean? You know, like, and, and luckily, Jesse is like so lovely and patient. <laughs> <laughs> with me like you're I love you, it you're really you, you're really into it and you like you're like oh because da 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 yeah. like you're really or he's gonna say he's gonna say like keep listening as opposed to being like shut up <laughs> you know I'm I, like I, I'm gonna pause him like the global sedition yeah. is this force that yeah, wants to prevent the westerners <laughs> from getting to the new planet so that they can't set up I'm like it's so excited to talk about uh, it <laughs> I, which like makes me so happy because usually when I am watching a movie with someone that's like a new friend or someone new that is my in my life for one reason or another i have to hold back the impulse to talk and mm. to because i i know that's thing, something that's annoying for a lot of people yeah so it, when we first started seeing each other i think i did a better job of kind of like not doing that but then <laughs> i learned that you're super excited about it and like very willing and ready to answer questions and have a 15 minute discussion in the middle of a movie <laughs> totally that's so, my dream so i was like great that works for me yeah um but so yeah so last night was definitely a lot of me needing to be 
be have translated to me the language of sci-fi. And it was so interesting to me to notice that there were things that I just understood because I've watched so much sci-fi. Right. Things that I just took for granted because they reminded me of something from Star Wars yeah. or from Star Trek. Uh, I don't. What was that example? There was a specific moment where you were like, "Oh, how they hacked into the computer of the other right. ship." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was suddenly controlling uh, the the other ship that was an Earth ship from yeah. the future. He was controlling it from the Jupiter Two ship. Right, him Which being it, it Joey. Doesn't show. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he's just like, "I'm hacking into, or I'm I'm logging into their computers or something like that." And it just made perfect sense to me that he could do that right. and fire up the engines right. so that the spiders would go towards yeah. the other ship. Yeah, yeah. and and perfect I was sense. kind of like. How is that yeah. possible? And this know? was such a great movie for that because it's like layers upon layers of sci-fi plot that just gets thicker and gooier mm-hmm. and more wonderful towards mm-hmm. the end. So we watched this movie. We had an awesome time. And yeah. we were already planning on talking about Star Wars on the show, but we figured while it's fresh in our minds, we'd use this as a warm up. Yeah. And uh, talk about Lost yeah. in Space. Lost in Space. Dun, 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 dun. You're a very good sport singing a song you don't know. Well, you know, I fooled everyone out there. They had no idea. The funny thing is that that's just a game we play where we try to sing something and the other person has to sing along without knowing it. Oh my god! So we actually practiced what we just did. We we not with that song, just with our lives. Wow, I man, we're so annoying, but we're annoying in the same. Yeah, it's great. That's something we talk about a lot is that normally people find us very annoying and obnoxious, but together we're just like... Maybe more obnoxious. We'll find out. We're just like egging each other on. Someone's going to explode. So, Lost in Space. Speaking of exploding. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of exploding. Okay, so coming at this movie from a non-sci-fi background, tell me about your experience watching it for the first time. Yeah, so I think we were talking a little this morning... Post movie watching, <laughs> with the glow of of having seen a, a wonderful sci fi sci fi film the night before, on yeah. our faces and and our spoons in oh. our eggs, we, we discussed Lost in Space over eggs this morning. Yeah, and um and I was saying to you, and this is something that I think was like really encapsulated in Lost in Space, but is true in general about me and sci fi, which is which is that I. I, like you said, I'm someone that didn't really grow up watching sci-fi. I don't really identify as like a big sci-fi fan or a big, but inside of me, like there is someone who like super, super enjoys sci-fi, who's really well set up to enjoy a sci-fi movie um, in a very deep and real way. (laughs) And and, and I'm excited because I think this is going to kind of like poke that bear a little you know you were saying that you loved how it was like a puzzle unfolding yeah yeah totally i love how so i'm i'm a big sherlock holmes fan yeah uh i've like everything from the original novels to elementary i mean i just like anything sherlock holmes related i like usually (laughs) even if it's terrible and uh, the thing i like about it right is 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 solving mysteries using things that are like right in front of your face or immediately apparent yeah. but but not accessible to everybody. Hmm. And I think when you deal with stories that take place in the realm of sci-fi, you're you're kind of dealing with that type of mystery. Totally. You know that the answer is right there for totally. however you're going to save yourself or whatever it may be, navigate where you're going. Like the, the answers are all immediately there. It's just 
arriving at them and being able to recognize the thing that will clue you into it. Totally. Yeah. And this movie does such a good job of that because you find yourselves in the future, you know, without yeah. realizing you're in the future. Yes. So, uh, general story of Lost in Space is that the Robinson yeah. family uh, <laughs> goes out in space on this ship, the Jupiter 2. They're going to take a 10-year mission to build a hypergate at this yeah. other solar system so they can start shuttling people off of Earth to this new planet through the hypergate. Mm-hmm. But the ship is about to be sucked into the sun because of sabotage from, uh, from, uh, from Dr. Smith, played by Sirius Black. What's his name? Gary Oldman, who is fucking awesome. I love him in this movie. Yeah. So they've been sabotaged. They have to engage the hyperdrive without a gate, which means they just fly randomly anywhere in the universe. Right. So they end up in this place where these weird pockets, these bubbles are in space in front of them. And Major West is, you know, he's the he's the pilot and he's just super Joey. Super Joey. He's just so Joey. He just flies right into that bubble and it ends up being flying into the future. Yeah. But they don't tell you that for a while. Yeah. So you have to kind of piece that together. And I feel like the audience figures it out far earlier than the characters that they've gone into the future. Yeah. Which I really liked. Mm. I I felt like that was such a cool thing to kind of make the audience frustrated Mm -hmm. that the characters hadn't quite figured it out yet. Especially Mm -hmm. because the evidence is very conclusive very quickly that they've gone to the future. There's this Earth ship that... Uh, that shouldn't be there, shouldn't exist. I mean, yeah. their ship, think about the story on Earth that happened between when they took off and five minutes later in the movie when there's this Earth ship that's capable of tracking someone through hyperspace. Yeah. They didn't have that t- capability at all. They're able to track someone through hyperspace and catch up to them without a without a hyperspace gate. They must have found some way to direct their hyperspace. Wow. So the whole Robinson mission was I think proven to be pointless, which I think is actually on purpose because they never made it to their destination. They just spend the rest of their lives lost in space. (laughs) As far as we know, they're just still lost out there. And then the human race is doomed because they never made it to construct this hyperspace gate. But if they figure out technology to track them and go find them, they must not have needed it. Maybe. Yeah. Came up with a plan B. Totally. But it's that thing you were talking about where, uh, the the evidence is all very obvious that they're in the future. And sure. then the characters have to pick up on that. Yeah. But then the characters start to get ahead of the audience towards the end uh-huh. when things get really wild, wow. which we'll yeah. get to. Yeah. But it's just a really cool unlocking of yeah. a mystery yeah. in a story. Totally. And, and the other thing that I really love about it was that there's just there's that right there's those all those high stake things about time travel and saving the world and creating these uh bridges and but there's also just like family dynamics and typical family movie tropes too and i we were talking (laughs) about how i i was saying like i think it's great that in one of the first scenes, you see the the younger younger daughter talking uh, to Penny. the okay Penny talking to the youngest son Will. So you see Penny talking to Will. I'm cheating. I'm looking at great. Wikipedia. I <laughs> great. I'm like you know those people. Yeah. Um, and she's being like, well, you know, it's the last day of my life, <laughs> and I'm just what, what I can either have dinner with you guys or go spend my allowance at the mall. Yeah. And that's how she sounds. I mean, she sounds like this. And then, <laughs> she does sound like that. She's like, I'm, I could be with you, or I could go be with my friends. And um, so, so, and that's like totally the typical scene of a teenager whose parents are making her move to a new town, move to a new town, totally, right, or yeah. whatever. But it's she's 
But they're leaving Earth forever. Forever and yeah. pro- and don't even know if they'll ever see anyone ever again. Well, I guess not necessarily forever. But they're leaving Earth and then traveling in hyperspace for 10 years. So everything they knew and loved will be 10 years older and they yeah. can never really go back to it. So right. they are leaving their lives forever. Yeah. No, but no it's doubt. the same response. Totally. Which I re- I loved that. Was, I thought that was yeah, so funny. Absolutely. It, there's a point where she like has a ladder in a plastic bag that she opens <laughs> up with the first prize yes. thing, which is yeah. kind of like foreshadowing to stabbing the, the Smith spider oh, later on. Right. But then she wraps this ladder around her body, and I thought that she was putting it on as clothing. Yeah. But then I, she like yeah. throws it out the window because she was actually just running away. Yeah. Uh, but all the little tiny details of life in the future and the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. are so fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Uh, when like Will's teacher calls, yeah. which was the actress who played uh, what's Will? What's Will's mom's name? Uh, Maureen, who played I believe it was the actress who played Maureen in in the original TV show as Will's teacher. Yeah. But Will was kind of fiddling with the virtual reality conference yeah. software and turning into a, a gorilla and yeah. like a Rambo and stuff. Uh, there was so many cool little details. The cityscapes were so interesting. Mm-hmm. It was like a very well-painted future Earth mm-hmm. in a way that I adore. So like our, off the bat, this movie already had me yeah. sold, you know? There's something I talk about with my friends sometimes when when you try to depict the future and you forget to incorporate nostalgia, hmm. like that there are elements about what the future will look like that aren't people walking around and things you've never seen and only using th- devices you've never seen <laughs> and right that there that you will be there will be nostalgia in the future as well and, yeah. and there was something that felt really retro about their version of the future totally which was really cool because yeah. it felt like it accounted for that in a way that made it feel very realistic totally yeah how did you did you buy Joey as as Colonel West Major West yeah i did but i i really think we could have done without the um Gross, oh, I macho know. man, so terrible. Routine with the older with Heather Graham. daughter, yeah, yeah, like it's it's terrible. Oh, uh, one question, Doctor. You are at T minus fifty seconds. Is there room in these tubes for two? There's barely enough for you and your ego, Major. You don't need it. It yeah. doesn't actually serve. I know it's there to create tension between them and kind of just cultivate this dynamic that pays off later, but. I just don't think we needed it. It just felt no. creepy and gross. And then when and then he when he ultimately got her, anyway, it, it was disappointing because yeah. he's such a douche. Yeah. Like, come on, Heather Graham. Yeah. Stay away from that, Joey. Right, and it actually kind of then just validates that behavior. Yeah, I, that really bothers it. me. That's yeah. like my one thing about this movie that drives me crazy. The yeah. Smith Spider doesn't drive me crazy. The well, the yeah. Major West being a fucking douchebag. Well, and like. In general, crazy. that's a narrative we're teaching young girls to that that I was thinking about the other day and and reading a little bit about this new Beauty and the Beast that's coming out and how like that story is actually a dangerous story to tell girls because mm. think about what the Beast did, right? He's falling in love with her captor. Yeah. yeah, that he took her father and and then as as payment to be able to release him, she is then imprisoned by him. Yeah. And he orders her around to do things yeah. like a slave and keeps her imprisoned and then event and so what's teaching is if you love someone long enough that keeps you in that situation eventually the good will come out in them you'll see the good in them and they'll yeah. change. Yeah. And in this like very lower stakes sort of way in this movie I feel like it's teaching girls that are really smart and have a lot of agency, right? That character did, the Heather yeah. Graham character did. Yeah. That um 
that a douchey guy, like underneath there's a guy that just wants to save you and cares about you and and be your protector. And will be your protector and yeah. it doesn't really matter if they treat you or say things to you that are completely ridiculous and inappropriate. Yeah. Because ultimately that's just your fun dynamic you have. Yeah. You know? Ultimately, he's too hot and you can't help it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so, but then I did, I did like a lot of the female roles did have some really strong, yeah. uh, like dialogue and interesting yeah. knowledge. Mimi and Rogers agency was amazing. As yeah. Maureen. Oh my God. That moment. Oh yeah. Where she walks in. Oh, you're done spraying the floors with testosterone or whatever she <laughs> yeah. says. It's so great. She like totally just dresses them down. It's yeah. awesome. She was like criminally underused in this movie, Ugh. but my, I think maybe my favorite, well, I have a lot of favorite elements of this. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite elements was that, uh, John and Maureen's marriage seemed so complex but so loving they were still so into each other even though they were having really hard times yeah and the fact that there was a sex scene with the parents yeah makes me so happy i mean you don't like see them fucking or anything it's not like but it's just implied lost yeah what would you call a porn version of lost in space (sighs) something tossed in space no it's yeah that's close um I I was I was gonna go somewhere with face, but I don't think there's anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah, lost in space. I, that's a hard one. Well, tweet at me. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you have thoughts on how to make lost in hashtag space hashtag porn dirty. a sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, sci-fi a movie. That's my ooh. favorite hashtag. But porn a sci-fi. Yeah. Hashtag porn a sci-fi. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some. I know, For lost like, in space balls. That's well. That one's easy. It's yeah. spaceballs. It's just <laughs> there's somewhere um, that the transition is seamless, but not with Lost in Space. I no, don't think. I can't think of it. It'll come to me. Lost in Space was the best option. It's pretty good so far, which was zero options. Yeah, <laughs> one option. It's a movie about butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still starring Joey. Lost <laughs> in Space, starring Matt LeBlanc. The yeah. tagline. It's about butt stuff. It's about butt stuff. <laughs> so the fact that there's a sex scene between John yeah. and Maureen, I yeah. thought was just so charming. Ugh. And my big, uh, uh, another big gripe I have is that in the last third of the movie, when all of the real stakes are coming to fruition, none of the women are present. Mm. And they had done a very good job of making me feel invested in the women. Yeah. So then to just have it come down to Will and Don yeah. and Smith and, Ugh. you know, and John. All men. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just all of the men on the ship. And the only people who weren't present were the three women. And it was kind of to drive the story because in this weird, dark, alternate future, which was totally the darkest timeline if you watch Community, uh, the, like, Will has kind of gone bad and is working with Smith and all the women are dead. Well, Will hasn't quite gone bad, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and the women are dead. And that's why Will is kind of doing what Smith said, because he's like lying to himself to still have a father figure or anyone or anyone at all. Like yeah. In that version, that's the only other human. Yeah. That story, it's such like a Shakespearean tragedy, <laughs> well, which is so great because Gary Oldman plays yeah, just, Dr. Smith like he, he is, is in Iago. Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's written that way, too. And none yeah. of your other characters are. Yeah. But everything he says is like, evil knows evil. You know, like, <laughs> totally. like it's like and everyone else just speaking like a person. But he's speaking like a Shakespearean character. What monsters roam these Alien wilds. 
or they're fools, and to set off blindly across this savage land. As much as I hate to admit it, it will be much harder without them. What are you talking about? Someone who wrote that movie just said, hey, what if we made, like, what if we made the bad guy uh, even more arch yeah. than, the, than the original version from the <laughs> 60s TV show. And I went back and watched some episodes of the show after this movie came out yeah. uh, to see. And he's Gary Oldman is totally like way more over the top. Yeah. And like the guy from the 60s is over the top in a fun way. Yeah. Gary Oldman is just over the top in a Shakespearean way that's just so wonderful and just so like perfectly fitting for what the movie needed. For sure. And I just love it. I love that they yeah. just did it. Yeah, I agree. I also love the like... Um, the dynamic with him and young Will. Like, it's a very um, Scar um, uh, Simba moment where yeah. he's convincing him, like, we must we must go save your father. And he's like, and he's got the smile <laughs> on his face. And he's yeah. like, like, you know, because in The Lion King, I love how I'm just comparing now this movie to every Disney movie. Maybe that's your function <laughs> on this podcast. Could be, could be. <laughs> but like in The Lion King, there's a moment where Simba goes to Scar and they do have this rapport with each other. And there's something about Scar being his uncle and sort of um, this figure in his life that isn't his dad, that he, that is kind of like bad, but he can look up to and talk to like, there was that, but then that, but then Scar is totally leading him astray in this really evil and awful way. Right. There's, there's that, that element of like, they have a rapport. Yeah. It's like, there's something there about that dynamic, but it's, but the point of view from either person is completely different. And yeah, I loved it because Will is like the smartest person on the ship, but he's a kid and no one takes him seriously. Yeah. And Smith treats him like an adult. Yeah. Like Smith is the only person who gives him the time of day. Yeah. So it was very easy for Smith to kind of twist and manipulate Will yeah. into doing what he wanted him to, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's great. It's wonderful writing. It's like great to watch. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then, how, yeah. so then the movie gets really weird towards the end because, yeah. Uh, Will and Don, or sorry, John and Don. Their names rhyme. I just realized that. John and Don. John, Don, John and your Don. Your money's gone. <laughs> uh, like walk through one of the bubbles into the future after they've crash landed on the planet. Yes. I'm skipping a lot here. Yeah. The spiders attack them. <laughs> right. Which it, we'll come it, back to because it, it, it was. Because that's a moment. It's a moment. Yeah. Uh, so they walk into a bubble in the future trying to find core material to fix the Jupiter 2, but it's actually the core material from the, the Jupiter 2 20 years in the future. Yeah. Uh, which is a weird paradox that's kind of cool to think about. Uh-huh. Uh, like the fact that they could scan there and find the core material, but they couldn't tell that it was 20 years in the future was right. interesting. Because then- like, it's a new thing they don't have the science for yet. Yeah. And they thought it was naturally occurring, which was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and like... Uh, John was like so dismissive of Will. He's like, this. there's no way that this is artificial. This has to be naturally occurring. Something yeah. on the scale. But it's yeah. actually something his son had made. Yeah. So when you go back and watch it right. again and you yeah. know that all these time distortions are something that Will creates in the future when yeah. he's alone, when his whole yeah. family's dead and he's just with Smith who's been like stung by this spider and has turned into a giant spider creature. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it's like this que- crazy Shakespearean tragedy for Will wrapped up inside of the most ridiculous sci-fi possible. Totally. And it's wonderful. Yeah. And I just, I'm so all about it. I'm yeah. all about it. Yeah. I also love that Will is the one who ultimately really does save them in more than one way, right? Because, yeah. or in, at least in more than one moment. I mean, he's the one that disables the robot 
for the very the very first in the beginning, time, yeah, in the beginning, totally. right? He's the one that um, creates the bubbles that they're able to go into in travel and time, right? Even and he's though the one who's able to send, future, yeah, he's able to send John back to yeah. his family, yeah. And there's that moment when Don, John, no, Don, Major Ma- Don West, Major West, and John Robinson, the three of them will. Little Will, <laughs> where they're captive and he makes, and this moment is so cool where he makes the robot right. feel, right, have its own, be able to override mm-hmm. its own programming. Totally. And he says something about anything you create has a heart. He's like, look into your heart. And the robot's like, I don't have a heart. Robot has no heart. Robot is powered by a fusion pulse generator. Every living thing has a heart. My programming has been modified to remove all emotion. Any attempts to override command protocols may result in fusing my neural net. The robot did have its own essence or personality to it, even though obviously it was a machine. Yeah, I love the robot in this movie. Yeah. So, so very much. First of all, because they did a really good job of modernizing the design of the robot from the show in the 60s, which I should Mm. show you a picture of. Uh, But it's funny because towards the end of the movie, it almost looks more like the original robot because it gets broken and rebuilt. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like the, the headpiece with the swiveling stuff on yes. the inside, that's um, it's more close to the iconic look of the robot from the series. Uh, but mm-hmm. so the mere myriad of reasons why I love the robot, but one of them, a very important one is that it's voiced by the person who did the robot in the original TV show. <laughs> Oh, so they brought right. the same actor back. Yeah. And it's just so iconic. Like, danger, danger, Will Robinson. He's just so good. <laughs> that sounds like old Morse code. What does it say? Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Yeah. That voice is so good. And then having the robot start as just a robot yeah. that Smith sabotages to sabotage the mission. Yeah. Uh, but then Will be- kind of becomes friends with the robot in an mm-hmm. interesting way where he's actually inside the robot and controlling it. Yeah. So he's not quite friends yet. He's just like a new toy. Uh-huh. And then you get to see the robot say, Dad, look over there, which is really fun. <laughs> yeah. Mom says to come back to the ship, which was such a great section of the movie. <laughs> but then uh, but then the robot's damaged and Will puts in his personality to fill the personality because Will yeah. is apparently a, a robotics genius. Yeah. And then the robot has, it like becomes self-aware. Like there's a mm-hmm. moment in the movie where the robot kind of like crosses the singularity. Will creates artificial intelligence. Right. Uh, and and it's someone who's friends with him. And it, it was making me yeah. think, man, if you create artificial intelligence, but then you just have it be friends with a very nice child, it would probably grow up to be, to have as good of a chance of being stable as any human. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I guess I didn't catch this or I didn't fully understand it when we were watching. So it's his personality. It's Will's personality he, in the robot. He tries to save the robot. Like he tries to download the robot when it's being killed on the Proteus, when the spiders are attacking it. Yeah. But he doesn't complete the download in time so he fills the like the database of the robot with his own mind with his own personality yeah so now it's like like two-thirds robot one-third little boy will yeah Yeah. one-third will so it makes the robot even more kind of quirky and weird and a piece of him yeah it totally has a piece of him inside of it which uh the robot then becomes something totally new Mm -hmm. and such an exciting character to me like (laughs) as a sci-fi fan to see a robot 
uh, go through three different phases in a movie and end up in a place where I'm like, I would watch a whole movie about that robot. Totally. It's weird, too, because it's kind of an allegory for being a parent, right? Like, totally. you put a piece of yourself totally. into your, I and mean, then you, like, hope that they're stronger and better and able to yeah, totally. go about the world in a way that's and you hope that bigger in a, than yours. In and a time of crisis, a when a giant Spider-Man is trying to kill you. Yeah. Uh, you can reason with it wh- when you're still a little child yeah. and it's an adult That's and it will be there for you. I think that's every book I've ever <laughs> read on parenting for all the parenting books I've read. Totally. Which have been zero. That's the, that's the, <laughs> that's main, the, message. the main message. Will Robinson, I will tell you a joke. Why did the robot cross the road? Because he was carbon bonded to the chickens. We have a lot of work to do. How did you feel about Spider Smith? Because I feel like this movie oh. this movie was panned when it came out. Like people yeah. panned Matt LeBlanc, they panned Spider Smith. I went yeah. to see it in 1998 in the theaters, and I was so excited about it that I forced my dad to come see it with me again because I'm like, Dad, you're gonna love this because it's great. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, it was, it was okay. Yeah. But I I was so one of two movies that I was so excited about that I insisted my dad go to the theater with me because my dad yeah. does not like going to movies. He he falls asleep in movie theaters. It's just not his <laughs> not his jam. He doesn't yeah, like it. Yeah. Uh, but he's like a great sport, and we'll go to movies sometimes. Yeah. So as a kid, I would always choose very carefully. And Lost in Space and The Mummy were the two that, and like in oh, that man. in that like two year period because they came out within a year of each other. Oh yeah, I actually weren't we deciding if last which, night yeah between those two. We're like, do we, we watch, watch The Mummy or Lost in Space? Because <laughs> yeah. I was in the mood for that. You know that specific yeah. childhood joy. Yeah. Uh, so. I went to see it when I was a kid and I th- was just so thrilled by it. I just thought it was so close to you know, the level of writing that I was loving on Next Generation where they'd kind of unwrap a sci-fi puzzle, a sci-fi mystery where you kind of end up in a situation and it's due to like temporal phenomenon. You don't know what it is and you have to figure yeah. it out before everyone dies. Yeah. That puzzle. is all I want. Totally. You know? yeah. And to see that on the big screen was so cool. To see a movie that at its core was a message of hope for humanity, yeah. that people hadn't come together so uh, to save the planet in time. So this family was going to strike out to forge a new life for yeah. all of humanity was kind of wonderful. And to tell like an almost post-apocalyptic story uh-huh. where society is about to fall and they know it. Yeah. Like science is telling them that science, that society is over and they have mm. to take a stand. They have to do something. And the Robinson family is at the head of that trying to go to this new planet yeah. uh, to, to build this hypergate. So I, I love that. And yeah. I, I really got behind this movie. Yeah. And then I went to see, like, I, I started watching some of the show. I watched a handful of episodes of the show. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. It's really fun. It's so campy. Mm. And they, I remember seeing, uh, like, one of the monsters that was chasing them was an iguana. And they just shot it to look like it was huge. Ah! And that was it. You know, that's, <laughs> like, that's that's the monster. So yeah. for me, having Spider-Smith in this movie yeah. felt great because yeah. it was like, uh, it was like taking the camp of the 60s and updating it to the nine to late nineties, yeah. like weird obsession with Shakespeare. Sure. Just this weird level of awesome that I'm just so into. Yeah. Those spiders in the movie were they, they were created by technology in the future, right? We're, or are they a we're mutation? I'm pretty sure that uh so my theory is that they came in on that other ship. I think that maybe the remember there was like an alien ship attached yeah. to it. Yeah. Maybe Blarp came from the alien ship and maybe these spiders had infested the alien ship and that's why Blarp is the only alien left alive 
Uh, And then maybe they tried to dock and help this alien race that they'd found, the humans. Uh, But then these spiders kind of ravaged both ships and killed everyone. So these were spiders from another, like alien spiders. They can live in space. I feel like they're maybe they are just a, a parasite of this region of space. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my guess. That makes sense, too, because they do have their own... Right. They don't seem robotic, but there is something about the way they were, they were shown that felt... Super kind of robotic. Milk, I, mechanical. I felt like yeah. they were mechanical spiders the first time I saw it. I, I wonder if they're like a biomechanical like a, a organism weapon, of some kind. Or, yeah, like yeah. some sort of inner... I just... The idea that... that like modern technology and the weaponry that would they that they would come up with in the future would take the form of a spider or some oh, sort of natural interesting naturally occurring yeah life maybe. form is sort of interesting and weird to me um maybe the spiders were built to clean barnacles off the outside of ships which makes no sense because it's not in the water but then they went crazy and killed everyone and they mutated yeah i don't know i mean you could make any backstory for the spiders but i did i mean i felt that 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 with spider smith there was this cool thing of i kind of liked that like he was this weird undescript creature under a cape and then he takes the cape off and suddenly he's like <laughs> he's like this the giant crazy exoskeleton like but i i am a god but hey whatever they however they created that face the expressiveness yeah. because something that's not scary about a spider is you can't see its expressions yeah or maybe that's put, what is, is scary you about put it, gary oldman's face into a spider yeah and you're gonna get i mean i mean get and there's something that felt very it about it right like <laughs> yeah. that the ultimate i mean in it the you know it the um this, the clown movie the yeah well I, I originally not, it's the well, book the stephen king book yeah, i have uh-huh. not read or seen it Okay. But I love Stephen King. Ah, yes. Well, yeah, brilliant. And 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 I mean it obviously takes the form of whatever your greatest fear is and oh, okay. but there's a very big spider moment cool. uh, with it becoming a spider, a oh. huge spider. And um so there was some, there's something about something that can change form. Yeah. That has grown into this monster or change into the that is kind of scary and isn't a, something that's real for us, right? Yeah. Like, there's no equivalent of that in our daily lives. Yeah, I I feel like if they had not shown what was under the cape, it would have been received better. Yeah, because it was a little silly. It did. I yeah. And you have feels... to like for me, it works because I have my suspension of disbelief is turned off at this point. Yeah, because I love this movie. Yeah. The only, I mean, besides Major West being a fucking douche hole. Yeah. I love it so much that I'm just kind of along for the ride at that yeah. point. And there was a moment the first time I saw it where I had to check myself being like, yeah. I think I'm out of this. No, I'm still in it. Because yeah. the the emotional drama at the end of it is so satisfying. Yeah. Like I, when we watched it last night and the Jupiter 2 flies off and then gets struck by a giant rock and explodes. Yeah. And you think that everyone's dead. Yeah. Like you just like, you're like, what? What? Yeah. What? Like yeah. you had this really intense moment, and it was great to watch. Yeah. Like I had that moment the first time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, and but it's so cool because they've they've told you already that there's a motherfucking time machine. Like they're gonna yeah. fix it when they're... there's a time machine involved and a character dies. Sci-fi 101. It's not over yet. You know, <laughs> like there's still a chance. Yeah. So it's it's laid out that it's obvious that John is gonna get back and save the family. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But they. They do a good job of making it feel earned feel because you have to to- go through yeah. the Shakespearean drama. Yeah, to get you're there. right. You're right. I'm just to bring it back to the idea of 
comparing this movie to Disney movies. Um, <laughs> I felt like the spider moment or him taking the cape off or whatever was very like Jafar when he becomes yeah. a serpent. Totally. At the end. And like in some weird way that makes him seem more defeatable. Because wow, interesting. Or like... Because he's lost his ability to be human, so now you can kill the 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 monster. Yeah, yeah, right. That cool. that seeing someone kill a giant serpent isn't it somehow makes it less of a murder, right? Like because the other thing is right. They save the actual. They save the real John Smith, Doctor Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so which they keep doing you can't inexplicably root for someone. Yeah, but you can't really root for someone, and they they just shoot him, you know. And right. that's that to create a hero that kills someone again, bringing it back to Disney when Scar is killed by Simba. It's an it's it's not like he actually intentionally murders him. It was an like accident. He fall, yeah. yeah, it's an accident. He tries to save him. He from tries falling. to yeah, and then he falls anyway. And so you yeah. can still root for Simba. But if right. Simba like just totally murders Scar, even right. though we think he's bad, he's awful, all that, there's still a part of you that's like, oh, he just murdered someone, and I'm still rooting for him. Right. And I think when you create when you make that monster an actual monster and let, <laughs> yeah. and take the humanity away from them. Then you can kill it. Then you can kill it. Totally. So, yeah. Guilt-free. Yeah. You can stab it in the abdomen spider sack and the little <laughs> babies will come out and eat it to death. Yeah, that is what happened. That is what happened. At the end of this movie, like, they fly through the whole planet. Like, well, we'll slingshot through the planet's gravity and out the other side and back into space. Oh, my God. And right. you were you were like, yeah. <laughs> rightfully so, you're just like, wait. They didn't get the core material. Why are they taken off? Right. And, and then again, when they try it again, you're like, they still don't have the core material. <laughs> it's like, guys, you can't do this. And then later I was like, why didn't they just use the um, the thing that sends them into another? Like, why did they oh, the wait to use the why hyperdrive? Why didn't they use the hyperdrive like on the planet? Yeah. Or when yeah. they were like, or just like or in, just made in the atmosphere. Totally. First, you yeah. know, like why, why wasn't that sort of, why did they have to use the gra- this trick that they didn't even know if it worked and then get through the gravity of the planet going through the center of the core and whatever. Right. And then they make it out the other side and then, and they the then they're like, Oh, let's use the hyperdrive. It's like, just totally. use the hyperdrive yeah. to begin with. Totally. But it, <laughs> it wouldn't have been as cool. You know? Totally. Yeah. So. And it's tricky. Cause like they, they lock Smith in this room they lock him in the infirmary and yeah. then Major West is like, well, I'm not leaving you here to cause more damage on the ship locked in a room. So I'm going to take you on the mission yeah. where you can obviously do more damage yeah. and, and does do more damage. Yeah. You know, he, he like steals the, the thing to control another robot and that's how he controls uh, the robot at the end of the movie. So that was a dumb call, Major West. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That, that makes no sense. There's a lot of things in this movie that make no sense, but the sci-fi storytelling is mm-hmm. very well told. And it's yeah. like, yeah. it's very well thought out. Yeah. Uh, going through the different timelines is very well thought out. Yes. And very satisfying. Mm-hmm. From from a sci-fi fan's perspective, it's just mm-hmm. like thrilling. And yeah. I've loved this movie since the first time I saw it in the theaters and watching it last night was just so much fun you know (laughs) it's such a fun movie from like the very first scene where you have this really over the top battle where you have the it's such a star wars Mm ripoff i mean it looks just like a a b-wing yeah you say that like you know what you're doing a b-wing i mean as opposed to an a-wing well yeah the a-wings look like a's that's what i've heard guess what an x-wing looks like a w (laughs) correct how about a (laughs) y-wing a pizza there literally is (laughs) 
<laughs> There's an X wing, a Y wing, an A wing, and a B wing, and they look like X, oh. Y, A, and B. Yeah, that's both. Well, that's, that's certainly logical. The B wing looks more like a weird cross, but like the way that it kind of swivels kind of implies a B. Star Wars things that you will learn in the near future. I Are can't you pumped? Wait. I'm so pumped. I feel like I've I've got a great guide. That's me. To take me on this adventure and explain W wings to me. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just traditional wings, I think. George W. Wings. George W. Wings. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting for me because, like, you know, I love hanging out with you anyway. And if yeah. we can, like, go through my sci fi, like, favorites. And, and watch them and talk about them. It's I'm so, into cause, it. Because I've never done a show about Lost in Space. And that's a, a very formative movie sure. in my teenagehood yeah. that I love. Yeah. And to just, you know, I like doing podcasts about those types of movies just mm-hmm. to have it on the record. Yeah. I fucking love this movie and I want everyone to watch it. Uh, yeah. But I've never even done that with Star Wars. You know, Ugh. I have not done a podcast about yeah. Star Wars Episode Four. Yeah. A New Hope, if you, if you want to call it such <laughs> well let me think about it <laughs> but it's so exciting yeah. to have an excuse to do that oh man i'm so excited i i mean i feel like it's this thing that i'll be able to relate to a whole new aspect of culture <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like totally. it's just part of being a person in the world yeah you know but um and i it's funny that it's it's actually really surprising to me that i haven't seen it yet because it, yeah. it just i mean i have you know four nephews and like a brother and I mean not that it all has to be boys it doesn't but I have I had a lot of people in my life who are super into Star Wars your dad owns a one in a yeah. hundred replica lightsaber all of them happen to be men in my life but that is certainly not a comment on that it's just that the point is that there are a lot of there are yeah at least like ten people in my life who would totally have shown me Star Wars and yeah. haven't so that's yeah <laughs> well they fucked up, and I'm going to fix it. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, me yeah. Too. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I feel like a lot of the the big, like, rite of passage type sci-fi movies I haven't seen. Right. I mean, I haven't even seen Back to the Future, which I is know. like... I am that. <laughs> so to not me, even... So, okay. A lot of people, when they hear that someone hasn't seen something, they're yeah. just like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. My reaction is, oh, my God, let's we watch to Back watch to the Future. <laughs> yeah. Because... To me, experiencing these, like my favorite movies through fresh eyes is fucking awesome. I love it. And I'm so excited to do it with you. It's so great. I can't wait. So final thoughts. Lost in space. Oh, God. Give it a grade. Uh, A grade? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A plus. I love that movie. I mean, just like in terms of a movie I enjoyed. Yeah. A, for sure. I give it an A minus because Colonel West is a douchebal. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I think because I'm, maybe I I have more of those type of movies to watch also. Like, I yeah. think I, I don't have a scale to to rate it on. So right now it's like an A, solid A, because it's like, solid a. I Fuck haven't yeah. seen anything else in that realm yet. <laughs> I'm like living out every person's dream. Every nerd's dream is to date someone where they show them a nerd thing that they like. And they're just like, that was great. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> Not just uh, that was great, but like, yeah, I'll record a podcast about that tomorrow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's well, great. I'm, I love that I'm making that dream happen because yeah. I really enjoy it too. I'm jealous of me listening to this and oh, I'm here. Man, well. <laughs> That's how awesome you are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> making me blush over here. 
She's she is blushing. In radio, land. you can't tell. This isn't radio. What am I saying? See, not, I can't even think it, straight it, it, when you talk like that. Internet radio. But the definition yeah. of radio is that it goes over radio waves, and this certainly does not. So I mean, internet sound voices. It. Yeah. Dot com. Sound voices. Sound voices. <laughs> so next time we'll do Star Wars. Great. Next yeah. time, oh my God, the next time we convene <sighs> for this podcast, you and I. Yeah. What, we will, we'll we're going to sit down. I'm going to interview you about what you know about Star Wars first. Oh, man, that's going to be a short interview. Uh, you do know a few things because it's hard to know nothing right. in our society. And I, like I said, I have people in my life that are pretty big Star Wars fans. Right. So, you know. And I you mean, did see The Force Awakens when talk. it came out. So you have very confusing knowledge. Yeah. I, I have like a really specific amount of information <laughs> yeah. that I don't know is if it's super useful to have. Yeah. But here I am. Yeah. <laughs> And it's going to be such an exciting journey because yeah. I Lost in Space in particular in particular is incredibly influenced by Star Wars. The the reboot is so influenced by Star Wars. It's, okay. There's actually lines of dialogue that are directly lifted from Star Wars. Like oh, in the really? very beginning Major West says something along the lines of a uh, uh, I never liked that channel anyway, which uh-huh. is a direct ripoff of a Han Solo line. It says a boring conversation anyway. It's like oh. almost the exact same line. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I think it was on purpose, obviously. Okay. Yeah. And then the fact that that ship looks like a B-Wing and it flies like a B-Wing and the mm. explosions are very Star Wars. The style of dialogue is very Star Wars. The whole idea of kind of elevating the B-Adventure movie into something so awesome and epic that everybody's going to love it. That yeah. is Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars did that in 1977. It was... It was uh, kind of earth shattering as far as the sci-fi landscape is concerned hmm. and uh, movies sure. in general. I mean, yeah, like that movie and jaws were like the first blockbusters when <laughs> blockbuster meant that the lines were so long that people were waiting s- around the block yeah. and like streets were shut down. It was yeah. busting the block. That's, yeah. That's Absolutely. what it meant back Absolutely. in those days. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually really excited. We did it in this order where you got to see lost in space first. Yeah. Because uh, now you have a little bit of a frame of reference for the context of what Star Wars means to yeah. the sci-fi world. Yeah. Um, just to see something that came out after it that was influenced by mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I can't wait. I yeah. I think I'm going to love it. I can't wait either. Well. <laughs> thank you for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. I see why you do this. Yeah, it's great fun, isn't it? You just kind of get to shoot the shit. And totally. Like, feel excited about it yeah because it's going into a microphone <laughs> totally none of those words were I, were wasted no i feel like except for the is, ones i cut out <laughs> i feel like this is how we should just have conversations totally. even if it's not recording a podcast just like put two headphones on and mics in front of our faces <laughs> yeah it makes you like very present in the conversation yeah. in an interesting way it makes it hard to have your mind wander uh, yeah. because you're hearing yourself and the other person in headphones yes while it's happening yes and it's very like, uh, I, it's like it's like you're enjoying a show and having a conversation. Yeah, it stimulates both parts of the, my brain that like to wander. Sure, but in a weird way, it stops your brain from wandering in some ways, or at least for your mouth. Because yeah. well, not that I haven't, I've told, but I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is, it makes you so much more aware of what you're saying because the idea that someone else would like to have a conversation that you know someone else might hear. Yeah. Makes you're very you aware. Super aware totally. of what you're saying in this weird way. I don't even know if this should go on the podcast, but I I'm, think it should, now I'm just debriefing. With well, you it's one of those things where you never know what something's going to feel like until you do it, which yeah. is why I was asking you about singing the national anthem, because when I yeah. watch that, 
like I've gotten to know you so well mm-hmm. over the last few months mm-hmm. uh, to see you do something like that before I ever met you that I consider to be massively terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what? You did that? That's something that I would never do because like I, I'm a singer, but I'm not that kind of singer. You know, I'm not that kind of I cannot walk out into a stadium and sing acapella <laughs> and have it be incredible. Like, oh, I can't oh, do that. Oh, okay. I know that. Uh, but to see someone that I not only know, but am dating who did that is so impressive to me. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I can't even you. imagine what doing that would feel like, you know, Don't, but, yeah. but just hearing you talk about it, it's like being there on, on the field and you can't think because yeah. it's something you've never experienced and you just can't process it. Right. right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, podcasting for me is always like that. Like, I never know what it's going to be like, but then, um, like when I sit down and experience, it's always different than I expected. And it's always in such a like a pleasant way. Yeah. It, it always seems to elevate a conversation just because that little extra bit of mindfulness, I feel like just infects conversations with a sense of respect that huh. I really like. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It kind of feels like being in college and like being <laughs> and and uh, like, you know, going into class where there's a discussion and you're like, yeah, you like a bunch of things come to mind for you to say. But then you raise your hand and say one of them when you're like, oh, this is the one I want to say. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that in a way where yeah. like I've had a bunch of thoughts of what I might say. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's the thing I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. But ex- instead of being about, you know, 14th century literature it's about yeah matt leblanc <laughs> matt leblanc joey in, in space. space joey in space yeah yeah which i think is also super joey in space i love that theme song I i'm totally gonna put do. that on this episode great. It's really great i mean it's already on yeah true through us well Andy, you're amazing. This was fun. Thanks, Thank you. Jesse, you're amazing. Would too. you like to have dinner and watch Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce with me right now? Um, absolutely. Open that pickle jar. <laughs> Let's get some pickles. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this show, by the way. It, I'm blown away that it's written by Marty Noxon or, and created by you Marty Noxon, like, who ran Buffy. Yeah. She ran the last couple years of Buffy. Yeah. And, and some, it's got Lisa Edelstein, yeah. who I love. J. August Richards from Angel is in it. And yeah. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's so it's so great yeah but it's also like horrible but it's so great you've turned me on to a bunch of shows i really like you've turned me on to yeah. grace and frankie which i've now <laughs> seen all of and i adore it it's so, fucking wonderful so good everyone go watch grace and frankie yeah uh and then easy on netflix easy yeah both on netflix easy is fantastic yeah, both netflix originals yeah, yeah really really impressively yeah. good shows yeah i feel like um we were talking about how grace and frankie feels like a show you were already into which is transparent Yes. Like, which is a fantastic show. It kind yeah. of fills that type of show, which is sort of dramedy. Is, yeah. And it, but it's in a very new way. Like, right. the way the, that that dramedy, fresh. but yeah, it feels fresh. It feels yeah. like a new genre that's, that's kind of cool and interesting. And yeah, like the, the women in their 70s dating. Yeah. Using vibrators, using, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, using jam. Like basically jelly both for of masturbating. Those, both of those stories are about women in their seventies in a very new situation in their lives. Right. Right. And like, and a discovery of self that happens after Later the age yeah. of 30 is not a story that's told. Totally. Really. I and mean, it's like so refreshing a, and a, a sexual person at that time in totally. life and a person who is ambitious and still discovering themselves yeah. and like, and, and their husbands who are 
have been hiding that they're gay for yeah. 20 years yeah. who leave their wives to be yeah. together after, after yeah. no, 40 years. They, they were married for 40 years and 20 of those, 20 years, of those they years they were, they were cheating. Together. Yeah. Or, well, together. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, yeah, cheating. cheating, yeah. 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 And then seeing Martin Sheen and uh, what's his name? Sam Waterman. Sam Waterston. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston <laughs> as a couple. Yeah. They are Ugh. so great together. Ugh. It's so adorable and it's I love it. so cute. And I've seen Martin Sheen in like it's so beautiful. many things. He's always going to be my President Bartlett. I love the West Wing. <laughs> but he's such a different character in this show and yeah. he's so good. And you yeah. kind of hate him in a way that's like really amazing because he's such yeah. a good actor. Yeah. You hate him and you love him and you want him to succeed. It's, it's, I love that. Sh- I love that show. I had yeah. so much fun watching that. And we watched a series of unfortunate events. Oh. Which was fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. It was really good. I read all those books years ago and I ca- kind of liked them, but I kind of didn't know what I was doing when I was reading them because they're so depressing. Yeah. But then this show, the adaptation, I feel like Man. is nailing it. It's, it's damn whimsical is what it is. Yeah. Like the yeah. whimsy of the books is something that really carried Captured. me through. Yeah. But the show has like oodles of whimsy. Yeah. I, it's like s- soaked, drowning in whimsy. <laughs> it's amazing. Totally. Yeah. That's so good. Frasier is, is one that yeah. we love, but... Cheers, Cheers is the new thing that you've been showing me. Yeah. And everyone who listens to this show regularly will know that me finding a girl who I can watch Frasier with is legit. <laughs> that's like. Well, if you don't like Frasier, the, then the like, juice. what are you doing with yourself? Yeah. I mean, I'll, fir- I'll still respect you, but. On our first date, when I found out that you liked Frasier. Oh, yeah. That was, was a real. It was on. Highlight. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you had a real smooth line. Did I? Did she? I, I, is this weird that I like? No, no, no. I'm totally interested date? now. Tell me. But well, first I have of no all, memory our first date was like a 23 hour date. Yeah, we hung out for 23. That hours. was like we an slept actual for genuine some sleepover. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, nothing like crazy happened. Like we definitely well, a lot made of crazy out, things, but, but we did not have sex. No. <laughs> but and we, we met on Tinder. Met on Tinder, <laughs> and we met for coffee. At Oddfellows. At 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. And, and the, you left at 1 the next day. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was it so It was fun. amazing. We but stayed up all night being the biggest goofballs ever. <laughs> we created these bizarre games. Yeah. We, we had a game where we were coming up with sitcoms. Yeah. And our favorite was Mom Lawyer. Mom Lawyer. New on CBS. Mom Lawyer. She's a lawyer. And a mom. <laughs> there was, she had a catchphrase. It was like, you're wrong. <laughs> or, or that's the law that's the law that was the catchphrase yeah oh no she's like talking to her kids at home and she's like you better eat dinner before you have dessert it's the law, it's the law. <laughs> and then we yeah. then she had a kid whose oh, face God. constantly changed so you couldn't recognize him and he was so popular that he spun off into his own show called teen face changer right but the but the great thing is that that the show about the original show about that has a teen face changer in it is called Mom Lawyer, right? <laughs> and it's pronounced Mom Lawyer. Mom Lawyer. Heavy Mom, Little Lawyer. Little Lawyer. Mom Lawyer. Mom Lawyer on CBS. Yeah. This fall. Only on CBS. All oh, access. Only. <laughs> so, but uh oh, first date. So yeah, so we did that. We made. We wrote a beautiful song, which we will not share. Because that's too precious to me. Okay, fine. I don't want to put that out there. Never mind. We did that's write a song and it's amazing. It it's good. really stupid and it's, I love it. Uh, it's, it's apparently super precious. Yeah. Um, which I fear. Which I fear. I fear. 
I, I, is fair and I understand and I support. Um, so, uh, but what also happened was you made me dinner because yeah. you're on this crazy on this crazy diet, diet for and Lyme and disease. we were figuring out we wanted to have dinner and we were figuring out like <laughs> there was a moment we were at Lost Lakes or at um no at a Comet you know one we of went the, to Comet to play yeah. pinball and ended up in Lost Lake playing shuffleboard playing shuffleboard and yeah. after going to the record store yeah. After, and buying after going to coffee earrings buying clip-on earrings oh yeah we went to the thrift shop in yeah between. and because anyway yeah doesn't matter why but the point is we did all that and then we there was a moment where i was like we were time you were trying like trying to call a friend to see if she was working at a restaurant that night audrey yeah i tried to call audrey to see if she was oh working. it was audrey see yeah. at the time i had no idea who that <laughs> yeah. was um so yeah you're trying to call audrey because you were like maybe I, we we'll could go, go to this eat fancy restaurant. and you can get it made for you in a way that worked for you right and then finally i, I was just like from jefferson's alamander <laughs> yeah. and i was just like hey my mom will die if she knows i'm doing this so please don't be a murderer but do you just want to like cook dinner together back at your place and it wasn't even like a move even though it was totally a move but in my mind i wasn't being like let's take this back to your place it was just like that seems right yeah and i remember being like so dad like do you want to make dinner and then maybe like watch something and you laughed you were like (laughs) and you were like i just want you to know i'm laughing because that's exactly what i wanted to And then we did, and then you were making this fish dish. You were making salmon, and you like put a bunch of uh, mustard on it, and yeah. gar- and like sautéed garlic with some sort of greens or something. Yeah. And you were cutting up the garlic, and oh, you, I remember. What yeah, was, and you yeah. turned to me, and you were, and we hadn't kissed yet. Yeah. I like we had been on this epic date. I was at your apartment. We're like nine hours in. Yeah, and we hadn't kissed, and it was definitely that moment where it was like. How do I mean it's gonna happen, but right. how is it gonna happen? And you turn to me and you're like, Well, before I feed you a bunch of fish and garlic, <laughs> can I kiss you? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the smooth line that you planted on me. Yeah. And uh I don't I think I are. said uh before I feed you a bunch of garlic, I'm gonna do this. And then I kissed you. Did you? I think so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You, like, grabbed my face as you were saying it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was actually way smoother than I thought now based on that description. Yeah. I what, So when I was in high school, a girl told me, never ask, can I kiss you? Just, like, move. If you feel like the moment is right. Wow. And you feel like. And you feel like it's the it's the magic moment, then you should lean in. Yeah. And if she doesn't want it, she'll back away. Huh. And you respect that. Yeah. But, but if you ask, you break the moment. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because now we live in a day and age where like consent is, I mean, it's not like a bigger issue because it was always a huge issue, but consent is something that we need to address very seriously as a culture. Yeah, I agree. Rape culture has permeated every aspect of our society to the fact where I feel like uncomfortable recommending that teenage boys move in for a kiss without asking. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think it depends on a lot of things. I feel like, um, you don't, I don't think you have to ask to kiss someone in every scenario. You know, like, I don't think, um, I mean, consent is absolutely important. And I think it would be better to veer on the side of getting too uh, conscious about that, like too cautious about asking for consent rather than not asking at all. But like with a kiss, I do feel like body language is a big factor. But honestly, I have zero opinion on whether you could you should say, can I kiss you? I think mm. it depends on how you deliver it, right? Like, if it's clearly a line, if it's like, can I kiss you? 
Like, gross. <laughs> but if it's like, you're just excited and you're like, can I kiss you? Like, that's mm, fine. I like, like that. that's, you know, like that I. That actually turned me on. That, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it just depends. Like, read the moment. And, yeah. um, but some people aren't good at that, right? Like, some people are very bad at picking up on body language. And if you know that about yourself, absolutely ask. Like, yeah. cool. This great. is a great answer. And, like, I just, and if there's honestly a girl that like was interested in kissing you, but then said, and then lost interest in kissing you because you asked if you could, that, that's like, totally not ideal. Like that's totally. not something you maybe want to be kissing anyway. And, and that girl, I, uh, that girl was bad news. So why, well, why have I taken her advice for I mean, maybe she's, the last 12, 15, how long has it been since high school? I mean, Oh, a certain amount of years. But also, like, you know, I said some stuff in high school I probably wouldn't stand behind now. Maybe she's, yeah. maybe she's feels differently. It's so funny how those things, like, they get in your head is like the right and wrong thing sure. to do. You know? Sure. So in my head, it's yeah. the wrong thing to do. And I, I never questioned that until just now. And when I realized that it's yeah. probably just fine. Well, you know, and like anything I think with dating and romance and stuff, I mean, obviously there are boundaries. There are absolute boundaries, things you should probably never do to someone. But in general, I think to make these oversweeping of rules of like, wait three days before you respond to a da-da-da or like, don't text too much or don't say that this or don't let him see your body hair or don't let her see you fart or like <laughs> things that like are rules that like if you do this it'll ruin everything like i think those are based on relationships where people are not in the most secure place you know like yeah. when you're trying i mean i sure like if it feels good for you to wait three days and that's seems right and appropriate great if you're just thinking about the person and you want to text them two days after the first date, like do it, like yeah. do it. And if and you if just spent 23 excited, hours with someone and you want to text them half an hour later, do it. You totally did that. I did. But if you, if they're not excited and I was so excited to see that text, yeah. like, and if they're not excited to see that text, then it's the wrong person. They're not on the right. They're not on the same page, at least. Yeah. You know, like if that's if you're looking for someone who plays games, yeah. maybe. But I, you right. Know. Or if you don't want to hear from someone for three days, and then you meet someone who doesn't text you for three days, then great. Yeah, have fun. Like there's, there, you know, there's no there's right no or wrong. Rule. I the, think so. The yeah. only right or wrong is to be true to yourself because you'll Definitely. attract someone who likes that. Yeah, and then you can just be yourself. Yeah, and that is the best. Yeah, absolutely. Love lessons yeah. from people who've been dating for a couple of months. <laughs> uh, there you go. I mean, not that I'm wise at all about it, but that's been my experience. I I have very few rules about like, oh, if he does this, it's a deal breaker. I mean, I have yeah. some, but I'm gonna I'm gonna poke and prod at them. <laughs> I'm <gonna> figure them <laughs> out. Oh <laughs> uh, well, good luck. As I mentioned before, I get real obnoxious. Yeah, you you've said that. Yeah, I. I don't know. So far, you've been pretty great. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not annoyed yet, but it'll come. I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Keep working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, we said we we're gonna stop talking like a long time ago. We should stop talking for real. Oh my gosh, we are. Uh, we but should. This was amazing. I, yeah. I'm so glad that we did this, and I can't wait till next time when we watch we Star do. Wars, motherfucking Star Wars. <laughs> Not bad. I mean, that's definitely not the theme from Star Wars, but it was like it was how, very fanfare ish. How people announce like a royal court is what yeah. that was. The Royal Duchess. <laughs> I ran out of royal people. The Count of I mean, Monte Cristo. I think they get it. <laughs>
<laughs> That's a sandwich. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. William H. Macy. King William H. Macy. That's a very regal name. I've never noticed that. Never? No. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's 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 yeah. have dinner and watch TV. All right. TV. That's it. Awesome. Pickles. Pickle time. Girlfriend guide. Done. Done. Thank you. <laughs> See, this is what I've been singing. This song is so great. The Lost in Space theme song redone for the for the reboot. So that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do me a huge favor. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or the platform of your choice and leave us uh, a positive rating and review. That goes a long way towards helping the show be discovered by new people. This show is part of the Sci-Fi Project. I don't just make podcasts. I make music and music videos as well, all of which you can consume at jessemercury.com. If you want to hear Andy talk about singing the national anthem at a Major League Baseball game, Head on over to patreon.com slash sci-fi project and sign up to be one of my monthly patrons to support this show and the rest of the sci-fi project. Any reward level at $2 or more per month will gain you access to the premium sci-fi project podcast. There's plenty of great rewards to check out. The highest level reward is that you get to choose any song for me to cover uh, and perform in a YouTube video. So you can not only support me and my art, but... See me shake my booty to a song of your choice. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time.